the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The world largely thinks of love as being a feeling, but it's not just a feeling. Not the biblical definition, at least. And for that, I want to invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Because in chapter 13, verse 4, God gives us a definition, a description of what he means when he says love. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, and this is a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno called Study Verse by Verse. If you're new to the ministry, well, we're here each day at this same time, and I hope you'll make it a habit to join us. We're in the book of John, but uh, Pastor Leighton is going to begin in that uh, 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians in just a moment. More details about the church are on our website, the church's website, at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And there's a special event coming up this weekend that I'll uh, give you more details about at the end of the program. Pastor Layton is in chapter 13 again of 1 Corinthians, and he has just read that love is patient. Now, literally, that word is long-tempered. You ever been around short-tempered people? You never really relax, never really enjoy yourself, because you never know if you might say something that might hit a trigger, and all of a sudden, their temper goes off. But love is patient. And the word in the original language meant to demonstrate patience in difficult situations. It was a state of emotional calm in the face of provocation or misfortune without complaint or irritation. It was to be, it, it is an exercising an understanding and patience towards people. Chrysostom, the early church father, said it's a word which is used of the man who is wronged and who is, has easily in his power to avenge himself but will never do it. Love is patient, long-tempered. Love is kind. As patience receives injury from others, kindness gives good to others, even enemies. Being kind is the counterpart to being patient. It means to be useful and serving and gracious. It's active goodwill. It is desiring the welfare of others and working toward it. And then it says, love does not envy. It's not jealous. And that jealousy can have two forms. One says, I want what the other person has, whether that's a car or a job or whatever it might be. But there's another form of jealousy which is even more dangerous and worse, and that is to wish that, I ha- that they didn't have what they have. And that is desiring evil on someone else. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't brag. Uh, Brag means to to parade our accomplishments. It's the other side of jealousy. Jealousy is wanting what somebody else has. Bragging is trying to make somebody else jealous of what we have. And love doesn't do that. Love is not arrogant. Love is not proud. And by the way, it's okay to take pride in your work. In fact, you should take pride in work. In fact... You should do work, you should do work that you can take pride in. 
God himself is our example at the end of every day of creation. He stood back, he evaluated his work, and he said, it is good. We should be able to step back at the end of every day, look at our work, and be able to say, it is good. And we're following his example. So it's good to take pride in your work. It's not good to be proud or arrogant, to look upon somebody else's work and diminish it. Love is not rude. It is not, doesn't have poor manners. It takes into account and considers the sensitivities of others. Love does not insist on its own way. It doesn't seek its own way. That's fundamentally sinful. I mean, Adam and Eve chose their path because they wanted to choose their own way rather than God's way. And if you've been around people who have to have it their way, you know what I'm talking about. Those people don't have any love because love means not seeking or demanding your own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. It's not easily angered. It's not touchy. It's not irritable. It's not provoked. Those are various translations of this word in the next section. It basically means to arouse to anger a sudden outburst of emotion or action. action. It, it does not suggest that we can't get angry when we see righteous, something, something that, that, that brings within us righteous indignation because we can't rejoice in unrighteousness. When we see an injustice, it should affect us in some way, but we need to keep how it affects us under control. And then it, love keeps no record of being wronged. It's a bookkeeping term. It describes keeping a ledger. Somebody does you something wrong, you pull out your book. George, dude, George, you're at number 357. Seven times seven, 490, you've got, uh, that's what it's talking about. It doesn't keep a record of wrong. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. One of the most common forms of rejoicing about wrongdoing is gossip. Because gossip is fundamentally rejoicing in evil. The essence of gossip is gloating over the failures and shortcomings of others. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Love doesn't gossip. But, contrasting with that, love rejoices in the truth. Now, he's not just talking about factual truth here. He's talking about God's truth. God, love always rejoices when God's truth prevails. When the truth is spoken graciously. Now, the following four qualities are exaggerations to to make a a, a point. By saying all all things, Paul is speaking of the things that are acceptable to God. And these four qualities here are closely related. Love bears all things. John MacArthur wrote, Stego, to bear, basically means to cover or to sport and therefore to protect. Love bears all things by protecting others from exposure, ridicule, or harm. Genuine love does not gossip or listen to gossip. Even when a sin is certain, love tries to correct it with the least possible hurt and harm to the guilty person. Love never protects sin, but is anxious to protect the sinner. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. It's not suspicious or cynical. It it believes that even if someone is in the wrong, that they will confess and they'll be forgiven and restored. It, it, it refuses to accept an accusation at face value. It, it considers the person innocent until proven guilty. 
Love believes all things. And love hopes all things. This is when it's proven that a failure has taken place. And love hopes that there will be forgiveness, repentance, and restoration. That failure is not final. It's a love of, say, a parent towards children who are backslidden. They never give up thinking that that failure is forever. That, that failure is final. Or towards the spouse of an unbelieving partner. Some, some of our spouses, husbands or wives, who received Jesus Christ after marriage have prayed for years, decades, for their spouse, hoping all things, hoping that that spouse will receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Love hopes all things. As long as there is life, love does not lose hope. And then love endures all things. Endures is a military term that describes holding a position at all costs. It means never giving up. Love never gives up. Love holds fast to those it loves. And that's why love never fails. Love never stops loving. Now you notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say people will know us by our good theology... Our ability to spout scripture, memorize scripture, our ability to argue our position. Now, there's nothing wrong about having good theology, memorizing scripture, or knowing what you believe and why you believe it. But to say that these distinctives are going to uh, identify a true disciple is not what the scriptures say. J. Vernon McGee wrote, some people would think, would seem to think that he said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye are fundamental in the faith. Now, friend, I believe in being fundamental in the faith. I believe in the inerrancy of the Word of God and the verbal plenary inspiration of the Scriptures, in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that He died on the cross for the expiation of sin, that He died a substitutionary, vicarious death for the sins of the world. I believe He was raised bodily and ascended back into heaven, that He's coming personally to take His church out of the world. But I want to say this, and I want to say it very carefully. Believing those things does not convince the unsaved world outside. The world is dying for a little love. Jesus says that his disciples are to be known for their love. It's also a confirmation of genuine faith. For John wrote, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. And then in verses 36 on, we won't be able to do that today. But basically, this is another example of Jesus' love, which is the theme of this chapter. Because Peter here makes a claim that he's not able to keep up with. He denies the Lord. But in Jesus' love, Jesus forgives him and restores him. And after being restored by Jesus, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, went on to become the leader of the church, a great and dynamic speaker, preacher, wrote two of the epistles, and ultimately gave his life for the Lord. Tertullian wrote that the Roman government was disturbed about the early church. They were Christians were increasing in number by leaps and bounds because they wouldn't even take a pinch of incense and put it before the image of emperor. They wouldn't worship the emperor. The Romans felt they might be disloyal, and so they sent spies into the Christian gatherings who came back with a report something like this. These Christians are very strange people. They meet together in an empty room to worship. They do not have an image. They speak of one by the name of Jesus who is absent, But they seem to be expecting him at any time. And my, 
how they love him and how they love one another. And J. Vernon McGee says, now spies came from an atheistic government to see whether Christianity is genuine. They came to your church. What would be their verdict? You've probably heard that question in various forms over the years, and we'll hear more of what Pastor Layton has to say about it when we come back with the next edition of Study Verse by Verse. I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Do you have questions about the biblical story of creation? Well, if so, you might want to attend an event coming up this weekend at Church of the Highlands. That's Saturday at 10 a.m. and ending at 2 in the afternoon. A representative of a ministry you may be familiar with, the Institute for Creation Research, will have a representative at Church of the Highlands who will participate in the event, and there will be a time for Q&A at the end of the presentation. If you'd like more details, do check out the website, highlands.us. Again, that's coming up this Saturday, starting at 10 in the morning. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow returning to the book of John as we study verse by verse. This program is paid for in part by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.